either 2023 or 2025, this great event is going to happen. And there's probably going to be a lot of terrible things, but it's also, in the end, fantastic for the human race. Do you see like how cool this is? I'm like a fanboy on steroids right now. Bonjour, bitches. Welcome to a new episode of Croissant Hours. I'm your host, Jesus Croissant. And today, I can barely contain myself because uh, I've made a amazing discovery. So hold on tight and brace yourselves because it's going to get heated in here. Lots to discuss. But first, I want to thank all the new subscribers that are here, new subs. Hi, uh, all the new croissants. Hello, welcome to my uh, semi-weekly, <laughs> I try to keep it weekly show uh, where I talk about amazing psychological discoveries. And it's also kind of a diary for me to look back on. So I hope you enjoy the ride. So yeah, uh, I want to thank the patr patrons. Um, Ritual Kent, I'll, I, I still want to thank you for your contribution, but he, he kind of you stopped for some reason. Doesn't matter. Uh, maybe he, something got messed up. Doesn't matter. Uh, Sanzu and uh, Kali, thank you for your contributions. Uh, you can support me on Patreon at like visit patreon.com slash It means the world to me. Uh, it means I can make more of these videos. Um, me ranting about the most complex uh, psychological issues and complexes and all that so really means the world to me thank you uh so yeah you can support me there so quick little update over the last i don't know two weeks for you i don't know what, since what the last episode was uh, but anyway i'm producing a lot as you maybe <laughs> can tell producing a lot of shorts every day yes i'm daily uploading and um i'm not burning myself out don't worry yet but <laughs> i'm working a lot on that um so let me know what you think of those videos and all that. I would appreciate it. Um, so yeah, I also started meditating for the last three days, uh, which I'll get back on later because it's relevant for the episode. Um, yeah, still reading a lot. I think still reading like a book a day or in two days at, the, at this rate. Um, and after finishing a specific one uh, I had to make this episode because it was it, it's so occupying my brain and I only finished it yesterday but it's 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 just rattling in my brain and I have to just put it out there right it's it's too interesting for me I, also I finished the idiot finally and I started the fountainhead and I love it uh, the idiot was great as well um love all these fantastic offers that I'm reading um yeah so let's get straight into the topic at hand which is from the book the fourth turning and I was finally, I my expectation got, what is it, what is it called, um, got met when I read this book, because the title sounds really cool, and the concept sounds really cool, I was like, please, for the love of God, be, be a good book, and it was, and I'm so happy about that, um, because I could finally have a new, like, archetypical system that I can fanboy about all day, I mean, a uh, fan man, no, that's, that's a stupid joke, anyway, <laughs> so that was a really bad joke, forgive me for that. <laughs> Anyway, so let's get started with the book. So the book, The Fourth Turning, it basically explains uh, the following concept, and I'll show it right now. So if you're listening to it, you kind of have to go to your screen. This concept. So it basically gives a generational, what's the word, cycle that we live in, or turnings, right? Or, uh, well, there are French terms for it, but I'm not going to pronounce those now. Um, even though my name is just because on and all that. But anyway, basically, it's about this concept about there's a constant um, 
generational switch between attitudes and those seasons, so to speak, uh, like life cycles, you can call them, um, they constantly oscillate, right? And the first one is the high, I'm not going to summarize very briefly, and maybe I'm not going to do a good job, but it doesn't matter. Basically, the first uh, is a first turning right is the high point so basically yeah i'm, I'm re kind of reading off it but it's it's an era it's a um we can compare it with the boomers right the boomers were in the high era this is called the profit era the profit era is like okay there's a new paradigm right the it's the end of the last one last like imagine a crisis just ended and now there's flourishing and there's new things and it's all great and there's abundance and, and everything is great you know like basically how the boomers live right with um a lot of abundance and kind of an entitled attitude um a lot about individuality right those things that's the first cycle uh then the second or uh, the first turning the second turning is more about oh there are certain things uh, going on here that are not really um how do you put it uh up to snuff or something it's kind of starting to stop the initiation of the revolting against the previous system right uh, in in a certain way um then we have uh autumn or like the unraveling basically just where this um first initiation and i think the the second uh, the second turning is called the nomad uh turning i think it's uh, it's a lot about survival i think uh it's underprotective it's a lot about uh like rebel culture and all that yeah and then we have uh, that's the, I think that's the Gen Xers. That's yeah, basically I, I think that's the second turning as of, of recent times. I'll, I'll pull up an image in a second. So you'll get a better idea. Then we have the fur turning, and the fur turning is about okay, this 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 discontent is uh, really picking up steam, right? It's really uh, like at first in this in the second turning, it's splintered, and now it's really manifesting, right? At least all the all these subcultures and countercultures are really going against the established. Uh, norm or whatever then um in the fourth turning which is something we're heading into now like very 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 soon and i'll, I'll show that in a second um that's when all that's built up um maybe resentment and cynicism and um disagreement with the current establishment establishment uh unleashes and usually that results in a war or it results in a massive political change or something among the lines right that's the fourth turning so that's a crisis point that's like and in in, in our case in recent times it's going to be total war which i find so exciting um that it maybe sounds really weird and psychopathic or sociopathic for me to say that but it's really exciting because after the fourth turning, uh, there, there's a new paradigm. There's a new world we can actually that exists, right? And I mean, the globalists talk about this in 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 their way, right? They're like, oh, I don't know if they actually they probably know about this. Like, let's face it, um, they're probably suppressing this information so nobody knows about it. But basically, um, it, they talk about it as the Great Reset, right? Which, um, well, the the totally not fabricated disease as of recent, um, they saw that as a um, what's the word a recent uh or basically it's a turning point or basically of the it's a little complicated but it's basically the start of the climax right and that was in 2020 well roughly um and that's not actually that fair that far off 
um, of the original prediction. And that makes it so cool to me because this is prophetic and it's true and it's it's going to happen. And I'm like, oh my God, this is so cool. You can predict the future. That's You know how cool that is for me? I'm like Odin right now being like, oh, please, I need to know my future and all that. But I, anyway, I, I, I don't know. I, I guess I have immense respect for people that um, can prophetically predict the future and all that, right? Is that, is that a... I don't know if that's proper Englishing, but it doesn't matter. Basically, um, and I'll get into that in a second because there's this really cool aspect of it. It's, this whole thing is so cool to me. You don't even know. So that's the basics explained. Uh, let me show your generational thing. So yeah, this is how that looks like on a generational rough estimation, right? So we have the GI generation around 1901, um, the silent generation. So the GI is the hero generation, right? Now, okay, now, now we're going to get into the archetypes because I haven't even talked about the archetypes. So every generation that, that in turn, haha, funny, get it, fourth turning, anyway, uh, in their turn has a certain attitude, right? So, so they're... The year that they're born in determines the attitude of that generation, which is, by the way, is such a fascinating, cool topic and how it's cyclical. I, I think that's so cool. I, I don't know how I, I don't know, like not many people are talking about this, probably because it's so complex and I'm also making it more complex by my own, um, what's the word, by own knowledge and my own archetypical insights, right? So, but I'm trying to explain it. So the, fir the first, quote unquote, first um, archetype is the hero archetype, right? So we have the, we have the GI generation of 1901. And they're basically, uh, how do you explain this? I mean, there are terms for it. Give me a sec. These people in their midlife, usually, and you, maybe you could see it in the previous image, but they usually... They see how bad the current establishment is in their youth, and they're kind of um, overprotected. And then they they have the attitude of, okay, I'm going to move out of this. Did I have an Im image for this? Give me a sec. I found found the image. So basically, it's for the GI generation. It was so imagine the GI generation is. Uh, let me see. Uh, yeah, that's the hero generation, right? So they're protected in the first place, um, which. Uh, they eventually get annoyed by it. they're like overprotected and they're like okay i don't want to be you know forever like a little boy or, or whatever i want to be an actual hero so they become very heroic later on right then they become extremely powerful by that established um heroism right and then after that in their elder elderhood they become they it says busy here but i think the what was the other term for it it was something like civic right they basically uh, become more uh, dutiful to their nation or whatever stuff like that. So that's just one example. But it happened, as you can see, it happens for every single um, archetype, and I think that's so cool um, because what's going to happen now is that the current um, the current hero generation are the millennials, and you may say how the hell are how are these millennials going to amount to anything? But they're they haven't. Most of them haven't reached adulthood in the full sense yet. Oh, kind of, but you know what I mean? Well, maybe we're in the middle of it. That's that's what I'm trying to get at, is that um, they made these the, the authors of the book, The Fourth Turning, they made these predictions in 1997 or something, maybe before that, but around that. And I made a prediction around 2005, there's going to be the first indication of the um, Fourth Turning, right? Um, and that was the 2008 financial crisis or 2007 the financial crisis, right? Uh, that was the first indicator of the fourth turning. And then 
uh, they predicted that, well, they said 2005 and it was 2008. So, I mean, roughly it was correct, which is pretty insane if you think about it, because they were basically had a prophecy about something that was going to happen in eight years. Like, I mean, that's pretty cool. Um, and they predict that around somewhere around 2025, um, the next basically climax point is going to happen, um, which is pretty soon if you look at the date of this episode and uh, could be uh, if I'm watching this in some, uh, you know, nuclear bunker in the future. Well, I, I guess um, I should enjoy my stay now um, before that happens. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so I find that really cool. Uh, and that means, yeah, like I said, that the millennial generation is going to be basically the new GI generation. So they, they are going to be remembered as, you know, just like the World War II generation, uh, people that don't know the GI generation basically basically fought in World War II together with the silent generation, if I said it correctly. Um, and those, well, especially the GI generation, got remembered for their contributions and their advancements in history, right? And we always look at that back at that as the prime example of uh well for example when i talk about masculinity and femininity all those things right and i think that's so goddamn exciting um that that's the case that that's gonna happen and very soon right um because in, in my estimations if you know because i did my calculations as well i was like um i think it was around either 2023 or 2025 um this great event is going to happen. I mean, we have already seen inclinations of that, you know, with Ukraine and with Russia, and we have seen uh, pressure on Taiwan. Like, it's it's definitely going to happen in the mid-20, like 2025, something like 2023, right? Like, the next year, like, very, very soon, this is going to happen, like, total war. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is so cool. Why? I don't know why I'm, ex am I, why I'm excited for this. Maybe because I'm bored for this, right? That's what I'm trying to get at, because I don't really... Yeah, sure, war is scary and war is terrible, quote unquote, it's, it's, it's terrible, but this means, um, well, afterwards, is it, okay, this, this, this is the other cool part, this is why I, I can't contain myself, because this is so interesting, um, uh, let me see, um, where is the image, after, oh god, this is way too big, that's what she said, um, let me see, professional podcast, everybody, so, this are the projections after the post-crisis, um, of like the fourth turning, right? So basically that's the summer season again, because um, the fourth turning is, is classified as winter, you know, it's basically four seasons, four cycles, you, you get it. Um, but if you look at the screen right now, um, the projections for the, for the post-crisis is gonna be that it's gonna be, well, this, this is one part of the article, but one of the things was deglobalization. De and when I heard that, I was like, oh my God, yes, 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 <laughs> give me that. So the, the established, powers are going to fall, the, the maps are going to be redrawn, there's going to be a, and if you read this part right now, and there's going to be a, a refocusing on communities and on the, well, I don't like the, the collective, but you know what I mean, it's going to be more, it's going to be more sense of a community, there's going to be more um, rigid norms, right, it's going to be a re-evaluation or the return to tradition, the return to traditional values, thank you, Patrick Babin, um, yes, it's going to return to that, which, I don't know. I think what Alf has said, said this as well in a video. Uh, it was an historian uh, YouTuber, by the way. But basically, it's going to go back to traditional values. It's going to go back. And I don't, I'm not trying to make this as a conservative argument. I'm just trying to say that the the disconnect we feel right now, right? The 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 what is it? The internet isolation, the social distancing, all that. It's it's after this great event happens. Well, 
depending on the outcome, if it's, if it's going to be a good outcome, it's it's going to be probably going to be this, and otherwise it's going to be um, well, if it's just community collective risk aversion, it's probably going to be a very authoritarian regime, which I don't like, and I don't want my children to live in that. Um, but basically, if, it's, if, if, if the good side of it happens, then there's going to be deglobalization, there's going to be new laws, there's going to, there's going to be new, probably internet laws, which I desire so much, and there's going to be probably to like total war, there's going to be uh, new ma maps, everything, the, the whole, um, the, all the depth and everything, it will be wiped out, it will be reset. Well, I mean, they call it uh, the Great Reset for a reason, I suppose. But hopefully that's going to happen. And, and I'm, I'm pretty confident it's going to happen. And there's probably going to be a lot of deaths. There's going to be a lot of murder, a lot of terrible things. But it's also, in the end, I hope it's going to be fantastic for the human race. Because I think this turning a blind eye to what's happening right now, the, like the, you know, the socialism in Europe and the the crippling de depths in uh, America and in the CCP in China, all these things, right? I, I, I'm like, why is there nothing happening? It's, we're at a stalemate. This is boring. What are we doing, people? And, and I know you can say, well, uh, well, you don't want, you know, that's like the nomad generation and the boomers just say, well, just keep out of it, man. Just stay where you, where you are. But no, um, <laughs> then the newer generation say, no, at, let's actually do something, right? Let's actually be heroic. Let's actually uh, stand up and 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 reestablish power in some sense, right? And you could say this is just um, revolutionary thinking that I'm I'm proposing right now. It kind of is, but my point with that is is that oh my god, yes, the, all the things that I'm I, I hate so much and I, I want to change are gonna change and that's so cool I, I love it so much and I'm so happy about that I know it's just a prophecy and, and a rough estimation and nobody can predict the future fully but this is so such a cool uh, pattern right or such a cool um, what's the word uh, prediction uh, prophecy so yeah uh, let me see is another good image for this um, yeah here is a better image, maybe. So yeah, so you had the Revolutionary War around here, the Civil War, World War II. Right, so this is GI generation around 1941. They were basically 20, 30, right? And I like how they put NATO as a good thing. Like, uh, um, yeah, and then here, at 2008, financial crisis. Then 2015, well, that's when this was made. But uh, around, well, this is like 20, like 20, 23, 25, right? Then there's going to be a future, some type of war is going to happen, some type of total war, because the fourth turning, especially in this globalized system, I'm clapping a lot this this episode, Jesus. Um, the fourth turning is always some massive change. And considering our global world we have now, it's probably going to be total war. There's no other way. We're too, in, too interconnected. Afterwards, I hope there's going to be more of a disconnect, especially in the US, where they just say, uh, away with immigrants, away with all these other stuff. I don't mean immigrants in a racist way. Like, I just mean as in something like Japan, right? Where they say, okay, we have a couple trade po posts. That's where you can go, but nobody gets in or out, okay? We're just going to focus on internal economy. Um, I think that would be better. I mean, sure, you, you can have opinions about that, but I, th I think that's better if people just start focusing on their own nations and on their own, on their own stuff, and it's not this like unified communist utopia that we're trying to establish. I, I I think that's so much better where people have their traditional, you know, there could still be internet, could still be international communication, but it's way more, um, what is it, curbed to their your own community, right? It's like, yeah, you can still talk to somebody at the end, the other side of the country, but it's still your country. You still live all, only in that country instead of, oh, we're going to, 
connect with the entire world and I'm going to be as connected as I humanly, humanly can be, but I don't actually feel anything, any emotion or any uh, real social connection, right? The, the, the um, things like church and, well, I don't like church, but you know what I mean? Like the communities are going to move back in, even if it's like little cults or little pagan uh, religions, right? And that's going to be moved back in more. And I think that's so much better for, especially for human health, as you maybe have seen in my shorts, that basically loneliness is the biggest um what's the word the biggest impediment on health you can have right so it's it's worse than smoking it's worse than drinking it's worse than uh, not exercising or getting fat all that it's the it's literally the, the most corrosive thing you can do for yourself so in that sense i mean funny prediction but for all, uh, probably life expectancy is going to go down actually after a while if this fourth turning is well of course life expectancy is going to go down considering the, the war that's coming but you know considering loneliness that's that's going to wear on people in, in the future. And I think that uh, desire for community, that literal um, mental collective unconscious will desire that social um, connection more, right? But that's just a prediction I have. There's so much to discuss here, by the way, like I'm, my brain is firing all cylinders right now. Um, so yeah, here's another thing. So yeah, it's about, yeah, the danger is approaching around 2023 through to 20, uh, 2026, centered around 2025. Like 2025 is like the central climax point, right? That's whether either at that point, it's that's the latest when it's going to start or it's in the middle of, you know, the crisis. So that's a thing, um, <laughs> which I can be totally wrong about this, by the way. But I, for that, what I've read, the pattern is too accurate. It's, it happened too many times um, in recent history. Uh, let me see. What's another good image? Yeah, this is a good one. So, a lot of images this episode. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so adjusted basically to their prediction. Um, 2008 was the catalyst, right? The climax is going to be around 2023, which is basically like next year. <laughs> and then there's going to be high, super high stress in the next couple of years. So, it's going to be a total war that's going to last four, four years, five years, maybe. And it's going to what's the word it's gonna resolve and basically the the height of it is gonna wear out around 2030 something like that 20 2029 20, 2030 right so that's the prediction um yeah and i i think that's so cool um i don't know why because uh, it's it's horrible it's like hearing that you're you got like stage four lung cancer it's like you got two days to live but i don't know i think it's cool because now you have a finality in life right you have a uh, and you could say, well, not everything is deterministic, Rasan. Not everything is, you know, uh, you cannot decide your future fully. Like, you could still individually opt out of the war. And all, well, in this case, you probably can't because it's going to be all-out war in every single country. So you can probably not opt out this time. Because, you know, in the in the 1800s or something, in the Black Plague in Europe, I'm, I'm just saying something. Um, if you lived in South Africa, you didn't notice anything of that. Okay, maybe I'll, I'm, I'm maybe wrong on that on a historical front because I don't know which diseases got carried over to other countries. But you know what I mean? If, I, if you were just in some random jungle in the amazon you probably don't notice anything of this i mean you could probably also say that now because you know there are a lot of undiscovered tribes in in brazil and all that but that doesn't matter you know what i mean it's basically it's so international that you can't avoid it um in, in any developed nation so to speak so uh let me see got some other images yeah this this is a good one um let me see oh god what did i do what did i do there we go 
So if you're looking at the screen, yeah. So these are kind of the general attitudes of the archetypes. And I was like, yes, give me more archetypes that I can fill to my roster. So I have I have this psychological psyche, all these psyche tools that I can use to predict the future, predict, predict people's behavior. It's so cool. I don't know. I don't know why I find that so cool. You know, you know what I mean? Maybe it's just like any feeding into my NI. I can, I can actually predict things in my future with certainty and it takes my worry away in some sense. Uh, and then I could just play around like a little kid. Um, maybe that's it um maybe just knowledge is power maybe th that's it anyway if you look at the chart you know you can see but with the childhood uh, you can see my pointer right now it's a little annoying um you know in childhood you have prophet nomad hero artist um yeah and then you have families are strong with the nomads and blah 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 and strengthening you, you can read it yourself but it's it's basically shows the characteristics of uh each generation right so, give me a sec uh, there was something okay i'll first go I'll, I'll get back on this one but this is interesting but I'll, I'll show you the evidence i mean it's you can call it pseudoscience i don't give a shit like people tend to do the same thing with typology and all that um i think it's pretty real concerning this where they basically did a rough estimation of when uh, turn, certain turnings happened in history, right? So the, the oldest is in the that Alfarian generation. So that's the first turning. They start there for for some reason. That doesn't matter. But uh, and the fourth turning was the War of the Roses. And I want to have a quick comment on that because if you know anything about Game of Thrones, um, you know that. Well, if you know anything, if you go in the source material a bit and you studied upon it a little bit i'm not that big a fan of game of thrones but this is interesting um game of thrones is based upon like historically is fictional of course it's fiction fictionally based upon the war of the roses which is the fourth turning and what is a characteristic of the fourth turning the a characteristic of the fourth turning is winter and what do they say in game of thrones <laughs> Firework literally <laughs> timed it perfectly. <laughs> they say <laughs> winter is coming, right? And I'm like, oh my god, that is so cool! Like an event that happened how many years ago? Like in the 1400s, that got that got adapted in a fictional story. Um, then that story got got turned into you know a TV show, and then they have a a, a catchphrase or a, a tagline of, of of that show, and that's. That's in relation to to a archetypical <laughs> an archetypal happening that happened 500 years ago, which um, some psychologists or I don't know what their profession is doesn't matter um, deemed a seasonal they deemed that a, a seasonal fourth turning, which is which is classified by winter, and then they say winter is coming. It's like, are you seeing how cool this is? This is so cool to me. And there's like, there, there, there's not a lot of things that are as cool as this. You can say, oh, well, well that's just a coincidence. I'm like, that's too much, too, that's too many connections, man. That's too much um, interrelated uh, archetypes to, to just say, oh, what well, was a coincidence? Okay, it's, it's, it's these like autistic connections that my brain makes, and, like, I think it's so cool. <laughs> I love that I'm autistic, you know. I'm not actually I'm not actually autistic for the record, by the way. Um anyway, that's an example. But yeah, then um also as you can see, um the millennial generation is differently defined in this model. So uh the millennial generation usually I think it was 1996 is where I deemed that the cutoff point, right? But um what are the I don't know what their name is again, but basically 
the authors of the fourth turning, they deemed it from 1982 to 2004. That's the millennial generation, right? And the Zoomer generation, that's 2005. And this is where shit can really, gets really, really interesting, okay? Uh, going back to the characteristics chart or whatever. Um, as you can see, as you can see, I don't want to swear too much, otherwise uh, it gets demonetized. I'll have to uh, cut it out, maybe. <laughs> I don't want to edit these episodes too much. It's too much work, okay? Um, <laughs> so... Then we have, if you look at the, at the hero archetype, um, then you can see, okay, families are weak. It's like, what, what do we see now? Like, you know, masculinity is weak, femininity, femininity and, and family is weak. Um, uh, let me see. Yeah, tidying and child nature. Gaps between gender roles is minimum. Um, uh, maybe, yeah, so it's basically men and women are almost the same right now. I'm like, huh, that's another connection. I mean, little uh, ideals are debated. So what do you see right now? Literally, uh, Ben Shapiro destroys blah, blah, blah. That's really popular in the in the cultural zeitgeist and the collective unconscious, right? Institutions are eroded. So the, the current social institutions are being more exposed and, the, and the, the foundation is being eroded. And we are seeing the basically the damages that the, the boomer generation has done. And I don't want to just put all the blame on everybody every single boomer but this this is a archetypical structure okay maybe i am blaming all the boomers i don't care um then uh it's a very cynical culture i'm like yes that's what people are right now like you can see this online you can see this like everybody everybody's cynical about the future they're cynical about the past they're nihilistic they're depressed mental health is at an all-time all high um or mental health problems are at an all-time high um diversify social structure so what, what do we see in our right now super global global right super globalist everything is connected everything must be diversified right um and the worldview is complex people get so much information right now right and you can, maybe you could maybe you're, you could say that i'm bullshit i mean I'm, I'm really just making the connections right now people um are getting so much information they're getting so much um information overload they're, they're, they're just um their brains are fried right right they're, they're, the world is too complex for them to um well, not too complex. That's that's more like a Zoomer attitude. But the world is complex, or right? there's a lot of, um, and it's always been complex, and maybe also simple. But there's so much information right now, and there's max. Everything is about the individual, right? Which is funny. Um, well, we'll get into that. But basically, maximum individualism was the was the point of the, especially the 1990s, right? With about you know uh, Nirvana, especially, and maybe around 19. What is it? 1997, where Kurt Cobain uh, tried, you know, tried to decided to off himself that was like the the height of individualism right and, and that's now dying down more um i don't know if the social mo yeah and group guilt is like the motivator right now now, now that i realize it like in, in real time right now guilt is the motivator we have right now everybody's being guilted not to do anything oh i'm gonna put a black square on twitter so because uh, i feel guilty about my past you know do what feels right oh you feel like you're this you feel, you feel like you're not like that that that's the that's the spirit right and it's it's kind of shifting right now between the, the artist which is the zoomer generation and the hero generation um it's it, it's 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 blending in those two i find uh yeah it's very dark future nihilism uh you know the nihilism in a, especially in the 1990s was an all-time high right um you see a lot of cyberpunk nihilist um arts that i really enjoy <laughs> Um, yeah, and then we have inconclusive war. So you have like the Gulf War, you have stuff like that, right? It's just very like little dabblings we do here and there. But, but then we get the artist generation and that those are the Zoomers after 2005, right? 
and they're about strengthening the, you know, the, the, I mean, this can be a little, I, I'm not that familiar with the Zoomer generation, but it doesn't matter. Um, uh, yeah, it's an overprotective generation. So what are we doing right now? Especially at this point, fix the outer world. It's, it's blending, right? So it's like, do what you feel, do what, you, what feels right and fix the outer world. Um, does that ring any bells to a certain thing that we are doing to our children right now, which absolutely should not be legal? Um, so it's like, do do how you feel like, but we're also gonna fix the outer problem though, right? Uh, I'm talking about transgender surgeries, by the way. Hopefully that doesn't get censored, but you know, that's what I'm talking about. And I'm like, oh my God, another connection, right? And it has to be done right now. It's gonna be total war. Uh, every, everybody thinks simply, you know, TikTok brains are, are like no zero brain capacity. Um, it's all simplified. Um, they're trying to raise a community, huh? Does sound like anything? I don't know. Certain certain community with diverse people, huh? Does that bring any bells to people? Um, yeah, and now we have a certain ideal, and, and like it just makes too much sense for me. You could say I'm just bullshitting, or that I'm just reaching at this point. But my God, it makes too much sense for me. We're in this middle point, like cross points between these two um, archetypes. Like the collective unconscious is shifting in this sense, right? Um, and um, how do you put this? Yeah, basically the, the older generation, the silent generation is dying out at this point, right? The boomers are gonna be the new elders and it's gonna be basically, um, yeah, the zoomers are gonna be new silent ge generation and all that. And this collective unconscious psyche shift is why, well, it's the fundamental drive why everything is happening right now. You could say that's um, voodoo magic, mystic. Oh my God, Mr. Croissant, I thought you were an objectivist. Why are you saying this? This is not actually true. Uh, really though, I think this is the fundamental drive and the, what's the word? Motivation, I suppose. The, 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 the collective unconscious is shifting towards this line of thinking. It's, it's shifting towards these, manifestations in real life, right? The, the world that we see today and all the problems in it is because of this paradigm shift, right? Or, in, or this uh, generational sh um, shift. And we're looking at too many concrete, small things that don't have, that we're, we're, we're looking at the wrong thing. We're, lo we're looking close up into the picture when if we zoom out, we could actually see this total historical cycle that explains everything basically. And, and I know that sounds like maybe uh, too optimistic or naive for me to, to put it that way, but I think this is like one of those big things, like something like, you know, personality, um, like forces in the mind and, and proper proper typology, right? Where proper typology is like, this is how human psyche works. And this is like, this is how societies work, okay? And you could say that one, they're, they're interrelated, right? Because you can attribute, oh my God, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go so long. I'm gonna talk so long for this episode probably, but you can also, I try to attribute certain uh, functions to, and I know that sounds maybe far-fetched, but it's a work in progress, okay? I think you can attach certain functions in the ego, and also in axis, of course, or in orbit, um, to uh, the generations, right? So if you think cynical and you think hero, well, you could say it's the hero generation, but it's, it's overprotected. Um, so I think um, that, well, the silent generation, I, what did I say? Let's see, I, I thought, okay, here's my, here's my theory, okay? I think that the prophet generation is the hero generation, right? Because it's like triumph, it's it's all optimistic, it's just like, you know, do what you prideful, can be, uh, can be shut down or whatever. Then I think the inferior function is connected towards the, uh, the inferior function is connected with, 
the Nomad Generation, where it's about survival. It's about like you know being in a dire circumstance. It's about you know not trying to um, reach out too much, right? Then I think the what is it? I think the hit. Oh God, what was it again? Nomad Generation. Yeah, I, I thought the parrot function uh, worked with the. Let me see. The parent function, I think, is the hero generation because it's about responsibility, right? Those things. Maybe not. Maybe not. I like. I, I'm. I'm pretty sure about uh, the prophet generation and the hero function and the an inferior with the nomad. But I'm. I'm a little twisted about the parent and the, and the child. Doesn't matter. My point is, is that I think there are certain attitudes with that. Uh, and I think, yeah. What was it again? The artist generation is a child generation, I think, because usually it was before that it had the protection of the hero generation, right? Or they work together so that, hey, that sounds like an axis, right? Like the axis of, well, in my, in my case, TE, an axis with FI. So the next generation's um, Zoomers are going to be very oriented around, around FI, right? If the if the zeitgeist goes that way, so because... What are this, this this amazing connection? I know I'm so I'm so brilliant, so smart, I'm so amazing. But what is the thing that you hear so often right now, and what 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 is being sold, especially to young men um, right now, like around their you know 20, 25, which is part of the millennial generation? What do you hear? What what man got popular? Jordan Peterson. And Jordan Peterson, what did he sell? Responsibility. And what what is the archetypical? Uh, behavior of the hero generation it's the parent function right i'm like oh my god this is so cool this is so cool like he's selling responsibility because the current collective unconscious is is in the parent function so anybody in the, any person that lives in that generation is automatically more focused on their parent functions so when they hear the cognitive attitude of responsibility coming from somebody that's from oh my god like uh, you could, my brain so <laughs> jordan peterson is from the baby boomers right i mean Depends kind of, but he is from that era, from that cultural, you know, era. And what was one of the predictions that the authors had in the book? It was that um, the millennial generation is going to look up a lot at the... Um, basically, when the, the baby boomer generation enters uh, elderhood, right? Or become, yeah, basically become uh, <laughs> seniors. And... That's around when they're 60. At what age is Mr. Jordan Peterson? Well, he's 61, I figure, 62. And so he's selling responsibility. And what is the attitude? What is the attitude of um, the prophet generation when they enter elderhood? It's wisdom. And what is Jordan Peterson selling? Why is he only becoming now becoming popular in his in, in his 60s why why didn't it get popular earlier because the collective unconscious wasn't in position for that yet are do you see how cool this is to me do you see how absolutely <laughs> infamily uh what's the word uh grand this is like how much connections there are here okay well we're not we're not done yet with mr mr peterson where we got a lot more to discuss about him uh a lot more we got something to discuss about him so <laughs> do you understand like this is so cool to me so uh, we discussed the winter is coming. Okay. Wh also, what does Jordan Peterson talk about in his lectures? Uh, well, like, well, yeah, of course, he talks about a lot of things. He talks about Jung and all that, blah, blah, blah. But what author is his favorite? Dostoevsky. And what era or what time was Dostoevsky born? Dostoevsky was born, if I remember correctly, around... Uh, 18... Was it 1830 or 18, 1820? Something like that, right? 
And the generation that Dostoevsky was born in was the, the, the prophet generation, right? Okay, are you following me? So, what time was Jordan Peterson born? The 1960s. What was what were the baby boomers? What is their archetypical you know, generational turning or structure? They're also of the prophet generation. So why does Jordan Peterson like Dostoevsky so much? Probably because they have a lot in common in their in terms of personality, but also because they're both part of the prophet's generation. Did you see how cool this is? <laughs> Okay, another one, another one, because I, I found this one as well, because I was, now, now it's just like, uh, I'll get into other things, but basically, uh, you have Ayn Rand, Ayn Rand, born around, mm, I think, 19, 1902, right? And then we have Friedrich Nietzsche, and Nietzsche uh, was born, I think, in, oh, when did he die? He was born in 1860, I think, something like that, right? So... Yeah, I think he was born 40 years later um, from Dostoevsky, something like that. But basically, Ayn Rand and Nietzsche were both born in the fourth turning. Or, sorry, in the... What was it? Fourth turning? Basically in the hero generation, right? In the, the, the third, third category. So I was like, holy shit, both these people are part of the hero generation and they both speak about individual triumph and they both speak they're both INTJs and both of them resonate with me incredibly uh, because <laughs> I'm part of the hero generation they're INTJs they speak about the same concepts and like they have a, the nurture is so similar that's why I resonate so much when I read their work oh my god I was like this makes so much sense like so, so many times people think like why does this resonate with me why do I like this message why it's like this is why this is well, at least one of the reasons and I think it's so cool I'm like, oh my god, I'm understanding myself, understanding the world. This is so cool. Like, do you see like how cool this is? <laughs> I'm like a fanboy on steroids right now. So another prediction they make in the in the book is where they say that there's gonna be another Neil Armstrong and then another JFK putting man on another planet. And I was like, oh my god, around the fourth turning. I was like, oh my god, they literally predicted Elon Musk going to, you know, with SpaceX, going to go to Mars, and it's probably gonna happen. I was like, oh my God, it's actually gonna be done. Like considering the patterns, right? I'm like, what the hell? This is so cool. Cause they predicted this in 19, 19 what is it, 1996? Yeah, 96. Um, how they, how could they have predicted something like that? Like SpaceX didn't exist at that. Elon Musk wasn't as, I mean, I don't know how rich he was at the time, but he wasn't known, I think, correct me on that if I'm wrong, but at least the, the concept of Mars wasn't as prominent in people's psyche, right? But the motherfuckers predicted it. I'm like, what? What? Um, uh, geez. I've talked so much already, geez. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, at that point, you could say, oh, well, Croissant, this is just sounding like astrology. You're just taking people's birth years and... Then you're just saying, oh, you're part of the prophet generation, blah, blah, blah. It's like, yeah, why else is there such resonance, right? And yeah, well, even, I would say, like, as people give astrology a bad rap. People say that that's total, you know, wackaroo. Um, I have, I, I'm not informed on it, okay? But I think there's actual, um, what's the word? There is some mystical knowledge here, even though, and this is my battle with, with religion and uh, my constant struggle with religion and you know, basically objective scientific reality or whatever, like objectivism and all that, is that um, 
I want to learn from both because I'm like, well, the mystics make sense, but, you know, science and, and the objective world also makes sense. And they're both so cool. Like, uh, why can't I have both? I mean, you, you, you can't, but I'm like, I'm trying to find um, kind of in the words of Kierkegaard. I'm trying to find a praxis to live by. Right. So a proper way of living instead of just knowledge for knowledge's sake. That's that's my goal here. Maybe Kierkegaard was an IT teacher. I don't I don't know. Um, uh, maybe he was also a part of the. You know, hero generation. I don't know, but anyway, it, it's so cool to me. Okay, do you understand? Like, you see how um, just the more of these tools I have, right? The more of these archetypical representations I have, the the more advanced my understanding of humanity and the world and the universe. And then that doesn't go, doesn't even go for me. That's for everybody, right? And they can go. And I'm like, there's nothing cooler than that because like you can literally own life. You can literally understand the vibrations in the air and, and people cannot even see it, right? And you're like, that's so cool. It's so cool to me. Um, <laughs> uh, so... Which, uh, there's, I haven't even shown everything here, Jesus. Uh, <laughs> give me a sec. Um, uh, this is an image. Oh, you can't see this. This is interesting. Uh, oh yeah, this, I will show this in a bit. Or in a sec. So yeah, here's kind of a visual representation. So yeah, the GI gen generation, community, affluence, technology. Huh, technology, huh? In the, in the millennial generation, what was like the biggest, you know, maybe the dot-com boom? Hmm, I don't know. Um, then we have more the artists, right? It's like the silent generation, and it's just like Roaring Twenties. It's about sensationalism, being sensed, all that stuff, right? Um, then the boomers, about, you know, profits being about like, man, you need some more love and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I'm, I'm so hilarious today, you know? Um, then basically after the boomers, you know, <laughs> it was basically Noah generation, liberty, survival, all that stuff. Then millennials again, back to technology, and then the homeland, that's the zoomers, right? Um, back to sensitivity and artists and community and all that so i think that's so cool um <laughs> i've said it so so many times already but um th those are more characteristics but it was a final passage i wanted to read which was in an article an article about this uh it was kind of an annoying article to some degree and a little cynical uh is this the right one give me a sec oh there was this quote is this the one yeah there we go uh adjusting the dates yeah so here, this is going to be a segue to another topic. Nice segue, Sam. Thanks, Sam. Um, and nobody probably got that reference. I don't care. Um, adjusting the dates. So uh, I'll just I'll just read it. It seems I always underestimate the ability of sociopathic central bankers and their willingness to destroy the lives of hundreds of millions to benefit their olig olig oligarch masters. Uh, I always underestimate the rampant corruption that permeates Washington D.C. and the executive. Executive suites in mega corporations across the land, and I always overestimate the intelligence, civic-mindedness, and the ability to understand math of the ignorant masses that pass for citizens in this country. It seems that issuing trillions of new new debts um, to pay off trillions of bad debts. Um, government sanctions, accounting fraud, mainstream media propaganda, government data manipulation, and a populace blinded by the mass delusion can stave off the inevitable consequences of an unstable economic system. So <laughs> this, this article that I read, it, it talked about the predictions, but it had a bit of a socialist communist lens because it was saying that like the US was terrible actually and, and China's great and well, not great, but like it's a uh, propaganda idea that the CCP is terrible. I'm like, okay, sure. Um, <laughs> do I have to explain how that's not true? Um, but okay. Uh, nonetheless, that's a segue into the 
or I'll show the quote, the, the thing about simple-mindedness or whatever, uh, the ignorance and all that, is another thing that I have, another problem. I'll start with that with a little passage from The Idiot, which, which I just finished. And this is where kind of this idea sparked in my head. Oh, it was, I already had this idea earlier, but especially when I read this passage, I was like, oh my God, this is an idea that's, that exists all so many times, so many uh, centuries. So I'll just read it. Yes, we're going to do more reading. Um, so enjoy that. There are, uh, Jesus, I don't know if it's actually, I, I, I kind of copy pasted really quickly from the book, so you just bear with me. Um, so I, this is from the idiot, at the beginning of a chapter. Um, there are people of whom it is difficult to say that would present them at once and fully in their most typical and characteristic aspect. There are those people who are usually called ordinary people, the majority, and who are intended to make up the vast majority of any society. Writers in their novels and stories for their for their part, try to take societal types and present them graphically and artistically. Types which, in their full state, are met with extremely rare, extreme rarity in reality, and which are nonetheless almost more real than reality itself. Two things about this first uh, paragraph. First off, Jordan Peterson totally ripped this off in his, in his lectures where he says, well, they're not regular characters. They are meta characters. They're meta real. So that's basically what he ripped off because yeah, uh, uh, big uh, red pill on Jordan Peterson. Oh, what, what Jordan Peterson is just regurgitating what other smart people already said, and they already they probably also did that from another writer. But also, second point, um, the fact that Dostoevsky mentions types, types of personalities in his stories. I'm like, you could say, well, that's reaching Christianity. It just means there are types of people. Yeah, but the fact that he understands that there are certain patterns and certain social types in any society. Um, it shows, right? And this was written a hundred years ago or longer. That um, this is the thing, right? Or at least it's. If you pay attention, you'll see it's the same patterns show up in multiple pieces of media, even from various different sources or different countries, right? Different times and time and place. Um, Okay, second paragraph. Nonetheless, a question remains before us all the same. What is a novelist to do with the ordinary, completely usual man? And how can he represent how can he present them to the reader so as to make them at least somewhat interesting? To bypass them altogether in the story is quite impossible, because ordinary people are constantly, and for the most part, of the necessary and for the most part, the necessary links in a chain of everyday events. In bypassing them, we would thus violate plausibility. To fill, no fill novels with nothing but types, or even simply for the sake of, sake of interest, with strange non-existent people would be impossible. And perhaps uninteresting as well. So, uh, before I continue, uh, I disagree with this a little bit, in the sense that you can definitely have ideals and types of people in your books uh, or in your any story, right? Uh, I think if you just make it seem very day-to-day, -day, that's when people also enjoy it because they have more connection with it, right? If you make it too archetypical, if you, if everybody's Jesus, basically, which, well, you can, you can make that interesting, but 
and I think there's an anime about that, even multiple animes. Um, if you make everybody, if everybody's perfect, well, for example, if you make Clark Kent, you know, Superman or whatever, that's a classic example. Um, if you make him perfect, nobody nobody thought that was interesting. But if you make him vulnerable and more normal, basically bring down his level, then people actually get interesting. Of course, people like Anne Rand totally go against this. They, 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 she basically puts all the ordinary people and then shows two to three or one uh, extraordinary person and then just you know, their fight is basically against all of ordinary folk. Um, anyway, continuing, and perhaps uninteresting as well. In our opinion, the writers should try to seek out interesting and in, um, instructive nuances, even among ordinary people. And when, for instance, the, the very essence of that certain ordinary people exist, uh, consists precisely in their permanent and unchanging orderliness, or the orderliness, um, or better still, when despite all the extreme efforts of those these people to get out of the, um, the rut of their usual and the routine, of the rut and the, and the usual routine, they end up all the same by remaining unchangingly and internally in one and the same routine. Then such people even acquire a kind of typica typicality uh, as that orderliness, or no, 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 not orderliness, as that Ordinary, ordinary news, uh, which refuses to remain what is and wants at all costs to become original and independent, but not to, the, uh, but has not the slightest means of achieving independence. So that's that's one paragraph. So he basically says, okay, you gotta make people, you gotta show, in some sense, that even ordinary people can have their nuance or whatever, right? We have differing views on that, but it doesn't matter. Next passage of paragraph. Indeed, there are no, there's nothing more vexing, for instance, than to be rich or a respectable family of decent appearance, of rather good education, not stupid, even even kind, and at the same time to have no talent, no pra no practicality, no oddity, even not a single idea of one's own, and to be decided be decidedly like everybody else. Uh, <laughs> um, there's a and so he goes on. There's a great many. Uh, such people in the world, and far, and even far more than it seems, they are divided as people. They they are divided as people are in two main categories: one limited, and the other much cleverer. Uh, the first are happier. The limited, usual man, for instance, um, there is nothing easier than to imagine himself as an as an unusual and original man, and to revel in it without hesitation. As soon. As some of our young ladies, oh, this is really good, this part, by the way. As soon as some of our young ladies cut their hair, put on some blue spectacles, and call themselves nihilists, they become convinced at once, having put on the spectacles, they have immediately began to, to have their own convictions. Which, I was like, oh my god, is this like the 1800s version of being, uh, being... <laughs> Being like a feminist, he says blue spectacles. I'm like, oh my god, blue spectacles, blue hair. He mentions also mentions hair, cutting their hair short. I'm like, oh my god, does this happen in the 1820s as well? <laughs> That's hilarious. Basically, feminist, like a feminist idea. Because he also mentions in the idiot, the woman question was very prevalent during the idiot, right? And it was a one of the things that keep, keep kept popping up. And I was like, oh, the woman question, feminism. Oh, it's, it's just a re recurring uh, pattern here, right? And on the other hand, we have the much cleverer type, right? That is much more unhappy for uh, for, Greg, um, <laughs> for the reason that uh, these people sometimes spend an extremely long time acting up from their age till their submission, 
um, all with a desire to be original. So that's their desire. So that's the two splitting off groups, right, that Dostoevsky puts forth. And it's funny how he puts this in the, in the middle of a fictional novel, it's almost like an essay, right, a critical review, I think he says. Um, now, how this relates to what I'm saying with the fourth turning and all that. So it, ha it relates because, uh, as we mentioned earlier, and I'll, I'll show you again, um, as we see in this chart, uh, what is, you know, I am constantly plagued by complexity, right? That's 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 my current issue, or that that's my that's my fight between religion and objectivism and all that. I, I don't make, I don't want to make it totally about me because I am just one of many, um, and I, I know other people are feeling this as well. Um, that many people are feeling a, feeling a certain anxiety, they're feeling a certain guilt, maybe, and they're um, <clears throat> they're cynical. Right, um, and the world is so complex they don't know what the hell to do with it. And there's so many relations, and there's a part of them that desires more simplicity. And what I'm trying to say is here is that, um, oh god, this is so complicated to to relate. Basically, I desire a simplicity, and but I am quote unquote stuck in my generational complex complexity right so it's almost a weird envy i have for the zoomer generation right where i'm like i have it so complex why can't i why can't i have just a simple mindset right and this relates to what i read earlier uh from dosieski because he talks about basically two gr groups of people right we have these ordinary people yeah as he defines it these ordinary people who think themselves as great and that's in my view, that's the Zoomer generation, right? They have a simple way of life. They just look at things super easily and they just live their life as, they're ex as if they're extraordinary. And especially if you look at, well, most of them are young, but especially very young ones, they really think they are unique in, in their targeting or in, they, or in their niche or whatever it is, communities. I don't, they don't even have communities probably, but it doesn't matter. Um, in, let's say they're following. They think they're so unique, but they're so, and, and this relates to social media especially, it's like most people say the same things and it's targeted at these Zoomers uh, to be the most simple, redundant, rep like uh, repetitive message you can think of. And I am still here in my super complex messaging. I mean, look at this episode. Uh, in my super complex uh, position, while they are st still in their ordinary life and they think of themselves as uh, extraordinary, right? So that kind of relates. I mean, there's also a side thing about how I think that most people are really goddamn simple. And <laughs> I started realizing this more and more. And frankly, I don't, I don't, I don't see this as a triumph. I don't try to. I'm not trying to sound arrogant with that or, or trying to sound um, prideful, being like, "Oh, Mito, I'm so complex. I'm so interesting. Blah blah blah." But I am so interested in the world. You know, as you maybe could tell from this episode, I'm so interested in the world and I'm so fascinated by things. And I, I want to just have this. Not just knowledge for knowledge sakes, but this praxis to understand everything around me. And I'm so interested, and, and the mantra is, right, or the, what was the quote? It's interested people um, become interesting. So, yeah, automatically, because I'm so interested in everything, um, everyone becomes, uh, every, to me, every, everybody thinks that I'm interesting, right? So I'm like, that, and I'm like, okay. And so, so as a external effect, I become interesting. And I think, I think... Well, I can't judge myself from the outside, but I think it's pretty interesting. At least the, thing that, the things that I'm exploring, I find really interesting. So, of course, it's going to, if you tell it to other people, they're going to find it interesting as well. Anyway, that whole <laughs> disclaimer out the way. Um, then I look at, um, 
most people, and they're just, they don't care. They don't care about archetypical things. And I, I don't blame them. If they, like, that's my point. It's, it's, it's a part of, part of it is kind of envy, right? Um, in all honesty, for me. I'm like, how can you live such a simple life? And that's what Dostoevsky describes. Like, they don't even think about... I, I cut short a little, uh, quote a little shorter because it was a whole paragraph about it. But how can these people live with the full conviction that they are like a a amazing person? How can they live with the full conviction that they know everything and that they're smart? And they never for once like falter from that thought. They never once doubt it, right? They, they always live their full life in conviction that they're an extraordinary person while they're really you know, ordinary, they're really just simple, they're really even boring, you can call it, uh, simple-minded, but not in a good kind, not in the Mishkin kind, right? Um, and I found it interesting, I was like, okay, these people, like, like my, my point with that is, uh, like, I think it's sad, I guess that's that's my conclusion, I, I look at the, the Zoomer generation, I'm like, this is sad, this is just sad to look at, right, just like the silent generation before them, it's sad to look at these people, they, they, they're, they're not, um, taking up arms for anything. They're not um, ambitious. They're not looking for anything. They want a simple life. They want to just follow whatever rules they are being instilled upon them. And I'm like, where is your individuality? And then I realize, oh my God, that is actually what my, <laughs> what my generation does. They want full individuality. They want to establish a new, new world order, quote unquote. They want to have complexity. They want to have a you know, amazing world that can, that can improve the, 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 for the old... Um, structure to fall. That, but the Zoomers don't want that. They just want to inherit the world to be protected and to for, just, you know, live out their days like the silent generation in, in just pure comfort and, and pure artistry, right? Just um, living out their days, uh, chilling it out, right? And maybe at the end of their lives, they're going to stand for social change. I mean, they, they put Martin Luther King, for example, when he basically at the end of their lives become more prophetic, right? Um, as you can see in the image, uh, top right corner. Um, and I was like, okay, maybe, but in that sense, I'm like, well, they're perfect in their place, right? And that's what every generation, because I think every generation is fine with who they are. Because I want to be heroic. I want to, you know, change the world. I want to do all these things. Because first time, first time heroic, uh, or first time we're protected, then we're heroic, then we're powerful, and then we're uh, civic, right? I'm like, that looks like a perfect way for my life. I, I, that's exactly how I want my life to go, right? Because um, if I was actually part of the, uh, like, Zoomer generation or a part of any other generation, I, I wouldn't feel comfortable in that, you know, even with my personality type, everything in, in consideration, I wouldn't feel comfortable in that in that uh, mindset, right? That that. that that's, my, my, I guess my unconscious doesn't correspond with that. But with, with, with the hero generation, I'm like, yes, that's what I want to be. <laughs> and maybe everybody wants to be the hero generation. I don't know. Like, maybe they don't. I don't you know what I mean? Like, there are different attitudes in every generation. I, I can't say it with 100% certainty, but I know I can say for myself, just like with my personality type, just like this thing, I can say that with certainty that this is happening within me. I, I can only speak for my own psyche, for my own brain, for my own unconscious, for my own collective unconscious as it passes through me. That's how, I can only speak for that. And maybe there are other anecdotal accounts for, for other people that has it, have it as well. And there's historical accounts and there's, well, with type, for example, there's um, scientific evidence here and there. But that's, to me, it, it makes sense, right? And, and to me, it's real. Um, and that's, for me, the only thing that matters. If it's real for me and it works and I'm not hurting anybody and I'm actually making the world better, that's what matters, right? So <laughs> that's a really big... But yeah, but the general thing is, like, most people are so boring and it's sad to look at. It's like most people 
it's like, well, I want to say boringness. Well, maybe they are. For to me, they're boring because I want complexity. But in contrast to that, you have total simplicity. It's like, oh my god, like I can't. I, if I speak to them, or especially if I talk to you know, really young Zoomers, they're so simple. And there's a certain charm in that, right? Like in a, in a, in a ch uh, child way, where there's a certain charm in that they, uh, how do you put it? They, they view the world so easily and simply, and there you can admire that to some degree, but also when they grow up and then when they're older, you're like, well, is there anything else besides that simple worldview? Do you ever expand your horizons? No, they don't. And like, that's sad to me, because I'm like, then you're going to stumble, you're going to fall, you're going to do stupid things, you know. Um, anyway, so um, I, my desire, right, is for that complexity to be more simplified, ironically, right, because I, I, well, that's what I meant with my envy. It's like, I have so many complex ideas in my head and so much <laughs> things I want to put in order, but it's... Um, how do you put it? But, but the, you know, the, the Zoomer generation just has that. Um, so that's why I'm, 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 I'm try trying to learn so much about archetypes, about marketing, about, you know, all these other things. And it's like, simplify, right? That's that's one of the big things that I'm learning right now, simplify, even though I should be focusing on complexity. And that's what I'm good at. I'm good at making things complex. I, I automatically gravitate towards um, co complexity, right? And I don't know if other people have it as well, um, but just, I mean, it's regardless of the age. I guess I'm, I'm already very complex, right? In the sense that I... I, I you call it smart. I don't care. Okay, or highly intelligent. I don't want to call myself that, but like that's what it comes down to. Because every time I speak to people, they're like they're scratching their heads. Like, what are you, what are you talking about, man? I can't follow you. Like this, this episode, for example. If you give this to the average person, but that's probably why it doesn't have like thousands of thousands of views yet. Uh, <laughs> the average person will tune on and be like, damn, I, I have to digest this for four years to for to even <laughs> understand it, right? And I have I, and I have thoughts like this, and and um. What is it? Awake, um, what is it? Conscious awakenings like this, like every month at this point. It's like, what the hell? You know, you know what I mean. I'm not trying to be prideful or sound full of myself, but it's like, it's it's uh, it's so interesting, and that's what I talk, keep talking about. It's so interesting to read these people and to have these revelations, right? And I'm like, why aren't other people doing this? This is so interesting. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> I suppose only in in death or uh, you know after I'm long gone and all that, then actually it will be revived. But this 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 whole, you know, generational hero theory and all that, uh, fourth journal hero, hero theory, gives me new hope where I'm like, no, actually it can be realized in my own um, <clears throat> lifetime. And that's what Iron Man stands for. That's what Nietzsche stands for. I'm like, oh my God, it all makes sense. I can actually do this in my lifetime. I just have to keep working at it and keep, uh, keep going at it. And then I'll, I'll have my heroic victory and I'll be powerful and all that. Like, I know this sounds so, maybe it's so childish and, um, uh, maybe even endearing. I don't know, but I, I do. I'm very hopeful about that. And now that I know this, I'm like prophetically almost. I'm, I'm destined for greatness. I know that sounds so corny, but um, you know, maybe like a Kanye West type of uh, mindset where I'm like, I'm gonna make this. And even if I'm so complex and I'm so weird and whatever, um, I know at the end I, I can actually make something because I have other things. I have a thing that other people don't, and that is originality. And I think that's amazing. Um, and maybe people will not recognize that originality, you know, in the current day and age, but eventually they will, and that's what matters, right? Because I mean, I'm really also reading the Fountainhead, and it's the same conflict, right? It's also in, well, the Fountainhead is really about um, originality and all that, right? Like Rourke has his 
Howard Work is an architect, right? And he has his original modernist style, which is inherently his own. And nobody wants to hire him, but he's an amazing architect. He knows the engineering. He knows how to design. He designs like no other. And people don't hire him because he's not doing it like everybody else. So again, it's so cool how this, this resonates in the collective unconscious, because this is an idea that's, that's, that's going through my head. I'm, I'm a creative myself. And well, yeah, I also want to be an architect, so maybe that has something to do with it. I know, ITJs wanting to be an architect. Crazy, right? Um, <laughs> so, um, but it, it, again, it corresponds, uh, corresponds with me, right? Like, maybe you, maybe I just pick books that I already uh, feel like I, I, I'm struggling with something, but it, it resonates so much. It, it's, you know what I mean? Like, the collective consciousness is just so cool. And um, what I mean with this is that, no, how Rourke, he tries to, he has his own style, just like I have my own style, right? And most, and you could say, oh, well, croissant, uh, are you just saying that you're like a misunderstood artist? Yes, I am saying that. I think I have amazing creative potential, but it's it's not, it's just not yet being funded and not yet being recognized, but it will. And when it does, I will have my victory and I will dance on the grave of ordinariness and, and, and boring people and simplicity and and. Everything that's everything that's mundane and incompetent. I will dance on my grave and be like, "Fuck you! I beat you." Uh, <laughs> I will have my victory, you know. If not today, tomorrow. If not tomorrow, next year, and other, and other, and otherwise in the next lifetime. So, anyway, um, Howard Rourke's fight uh, with creative and originality. I think that's very similar to mine, and I know this is why literature exists, and they're. God, Jesus Christ, <laughs> my brain is just like, <laughs> I'm still firing everybody. Um, and I know um, that in, in stories, they try to make these characters relatable. Um, but this ideal man that Iron Man describes, I want to be like that. And I urge everybody to be like that. Well, but everybody, if everybody does, nobody's special. But my point is, it's like, I, I just... I relate with Rourke a lot. Not not the super detached, you know, FI demon uh, type personality he has, but I do relate with his struggle for originality where he's trying to... Because I, I want to create... A, like, the things I'm creating now, like, yeah, sure, I like them and I put my humor into it, but if you're hearing me right now, you're still listening to this episode, but my God, it's already so long. Um, if you hear me right now, you understand given the, the subject matter at hand, that I have so many complex ideas and there's so little time to put it on paper and fully express it, right? That, and, and the materials needed for that, it's gonna be so expensive, it's gonna be so grand. But, what, but when it actually does exist, like the, the fundamental changes that are gonna happen with that, and again, it relates to the whole generational thing. And like, um, and that's, maybe that's because Iron Man is also part of the same uh, cycle, right? Of the series of the GI generation, right? So it's the same struggle. That's, that's why I like Iron Man probably, because she, she, she's showing the same thing. It's like old order, be gone. It's time for the new modernist architects to, to stand, stand up. And I'm the same thing with, uh, I think, for example, a lot of content on, on, on the YouTubes and on social media is shit. And I think it's it's unoriginal. It's, it's copy pasted. It's just whatever makes the most money. And yes, you can say to me that I'm also trying to copy that in some sense. I am because I'm trying to, for the time, get in so I can actually create something that's original, right? Then Rourke does the same thing. He, he goes to work with a... Um, architect um what is it called company um it works there for for a short period just to, just so he can pay his rent right and i'm like well fuck it i suppose i have to do the same thing where i just have to wait i just have to sit it out i have to just work um i have to just work to keep my keep the lights on basically and 
one day somebody will accept me. I'm not that far into uh, the fountain. I'm only like 100 pages in, but it doesn't matter. It's it's the same struggle, right? Uh, and that's why I relate with I, I relate so much with Iron Rand's work. Um, and I think I'm in a similar struggle. Uh, and you can say, oh, poor Cassandra, he's just a, a poor struggling uh, artist not, try, not getting his uh, whatever. It's like, it's, it's a fight against the old world, right? That's that's what's happening with me, uh, archetypically. And it's the same fight that Rourke has. And I think there's a lot of similarities between it. You can say I'm I'm drama being dramatic. I don't care. Um, I think that's the connection there. And I, I just relate with the story a lot. Let's, let's just put it that way. Um, so back to... Um, I mentioned earlier meditation. Yes, I think also the simplicity, the desire for simplicity um, in in a in a generation that is very complex. I think um, the desire for meditation at ASMRs, for example, is very prevalent because we we have a desire to get out of this anxiety and to have a more simple state to. Um, tune out a little more right to be less cynical to actually have a more you know the whole bloomer archetype and all that i think that's because also because of this generational shift you know in relation to simplicity and complexity i, I kind of finished that point um so again go and then now next point um i kind of need direction like that right i need to hone in on something i need to be able to see what I'm because I, I okay sure I already know what I'm good at for the most part but I have to find something now basically I have to find a firm and to make a what is it metaphor I have to find a firm where I can temporarily work at a certain format that I can maintain right now where I can still have my creativity and I can still pay the bills etc but um eventually so I can do my own thing so my question to you if you're still listening to this because this ad is a one this is just a, such a complex episode at this point I don't know if anybody sticks around I hope you do because I, I think you're missing out if you're not listening to uh, to, to until now uh, although I ad lib a lot added it out and all that but it's I'm trying to make a point though it's, it's such a grand point though so I, you know I, I suppose I just need Patient people, croissants, just get on with it. Yeah, okay, I'll get on with it. So <laughs> there's my alter ego again, if you uh, watch the other episodes. <laughs> Talk to me. And my inner voice, my demon, as Socrates calls it, right? Um, so I need direction, simplicity, or, or maybe I'll keep the complexity, but I, I somehow can distill it over time. But for the time being, I need something that quote-unquote pays the bills, right? So I want to get that initial... What is a jump start, right? Um, what I'm saying, I want I want a bigger audience. I want more people. Maybe that sounds entitled, but I I just have so many cool ideas that I want to share, and I want so many people I want to talk with, right? And I, I don't want to keep it all in my brain. So that that's part of the reason why I started this channel, right? And why I'm doing this podcast because I have so much information and so much complexity. I'm not even sharing like five percent of what's going on in my brain right now, like. Um, I oftentimes have to think about it for a long time so that I can actually make it some, give it some semblance of direction and um, distillation, right? So that people can actually understand it to some degree. Because at first it's just total, you know, wackaroo, it's all random thoughts. But um, I suppose I can do that better in writing. But how do I put this? Yeah, I'm not even showing like like a certain percent of my my mental occupation right i'm not trying to put that across like oh i'm so brilliant i'm so smart more like there's so much going on in my brain i don't know I, 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 it's not that i like it okay i don't like it <laughs> as as many as, as i said earlier i think a lot of these um complexity focused generations they don't actually like it it's, it's very anxiety inducing sometimes right where it's like all these thoughts just popping in your brain like 
again, then you kind of envy the Zoomer generation who could just tune out their brain and just like, you know, open mouth breathing, just sitting there watching your screen. They don't really care. Um, with me, it's just constant thoughts, like schizophrenic patients just going through my brain, making connections in the archetypical dimensions. And it's like, what are you talking about, croissant? Um, <laughs> do you understand how hard it can be for me to talk to a normal person or an ordinary person? Like, it's so boring. It's so simple. Like, there's, it's just like, oh, uh, I'm going to watch uh, some football. I'm going to go to the footy. I'm going to drink some beer then, and I'm going to go to a party. That's their whole life. Um, and then they get old and they retire. It's like, that's it. You know, they don't think about war. They don't read about history. And uh, maybe I'm just sounding prideful and entitled and, and have a God complex. I don't care. Okay. It's just to me, like, in comparison, I think that's sad. It's, uh, I find that life sad. Anyway, enough about simplicity and complexity arguments. My question to actually finish this off. Um, I just want to know what sort of media works for me right now so I can actually jumpstart my audience because I'm a very I'm extremely grateful I, I should say that I'm extremely grateful for what I what I've gained especially in the last year I'm extremely grateful to anybody who listens to it especially until this point um I'm extremely grateful for that but my question though is what would you guys if you're still listening <laughs> enjoy the most and that is i'm just gonna list a couple of things do you like the shorts more where i just do daily shorts i mean i see some people like it but i kind of die out really quick um do people enjoy, do you want to see more uh shorts do you want to see more essay videos more um what is it yeah essay videos like that like do you want to see more reviews or uh should i just record a croissant hour every day so people have like a giant memory bank of the maybe even 10 percent of my brain instead of five right maybe i should do that more i would just record an episode, do a quick intro, um, you know, edit a quick intro, just like the shorts, because that roughly takes the same time, you know, 30 seconds to create a croissant hours intro, and then just upload it every single day and see what that happens with that. Maybe I should do that. I don't know. Maybe I should repost the clips or like parts of the croissant hours so I don't have to like brainstorm a video every single day, but I could just take parts of old croissant hours and just remix them in other things. I don't know if people will enjoy that, but those are just some, I have so many ideas. If you saw the, li the list of ideas that I had, you, you, would, you would be like shocked. Um, to see the like, dumbfounded um <laughs> and you'll say well many, many of them are good i'm like i know they're good i know they're good but what the hell do i pick i have so many ideas of so many things i want to do so many things i want to learn and then you can use that alice in wonderland clip or a, a quote where you say oh where do i go like what path do i take um or like what do i have to go and then uh you know the cast says um Oh, which which direction do you have to go? It's like I don't know. Then any pack, any path will suffice, like something like that. Um, yeah, sure. But I already have taken many directions. But I'm kind of frustrated, I suppose. Um, sure, I, I should be grateful and all that. But I'm just kind of frustrated because I have so much more to give. Like my NI hero has so much more to give, and I'm just sitting here, like you know, sitting in my in my sixth gear, but <laughs> we're not driving. <laughs> Like that's that's how it feels like, and once we actually get get off, and that's why I'm, I suppose I'm trying to find my first gear to put it in a what is it metaphor again, right? It's like I'm just trying trying to find that first gear or second gear, third gear, and and actually accelerate to the desired outcome. You could call a book like that the sixth gear or the first gear or whatever. Uh, maybe I will in the future. It's copyrighted right now. Just <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, I wanna, but I'm I'm kind of asking in in this case like. Um, what do you guys want to see more of? Right? And what do you guys? I, I can do poll, I guess, but I'm just asking you personally right now, on a one-on-one, -on -one, because I'm imagining I'm doing a monologue in front of one person right now. Um, you want to see daily stuff? You want to see more short shorts? You want to see croissant hours every single day? You want to see? Um, what is it? You want to see 
what is it, free eight to 15 minute long videos about MBTI or something throughout the week and then one big project every month. Is that what you want or that what you like to see? Um, it's kind of awkward to ask people what they want in my community because most of my community are any users. I, I just mean to ask like, what do you prefer, right? I ask what you want so I'm not like crushing your, um, what's the word, any, uh, and I, and I nemesis, so you have still a little bit of room to decide. But you know, I know most <laughs> most crusaders and any users don't know how to make a decision again. Going back to the people are simple argument. That's not to say that I don't like any users. I absolutely love them, but you know, sometimes it's, it can be a little frustrating when a person doesn't want to make a decision, regardless of type, right? Uh, I think anyone can relate with that. Well, I think especially Crusaders can relate with that, right? Because um, I can be decisive about things I want to do, but I have so many things I want to do, uh, I just have to prioritize. That's my thing, right? Oh, I have to see what's the smart thing, and then I have to have proper options um, to actually, well, choose <laughs> what is the best path forward, right? Anyway, um, or just besides that, or something else, right? Um, aforementioned stuff. Anything, or if you have an idea for something else, let me know in the comments, um, and I'll think about it. I'll uh, look into it. Uh, yeah, but uh, yeah, maybe just should just be the main show, and I just do it every single day. You know, just talk in the mic for two hours, one hour, uh, edit a little intro, and just keep uploading that. And over time, it will get traction, and people like my personality. I don't have to do a lot of editing, only some editing in the, in the start, right? If people actually watch the full thing, it also it also gets a lot of, all of watch hours, and then I can actually you know uh, get a proper income from it, even though Google, what is the AdSense, is it like a lot, but you know, um, it helps. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I, my point is that somebody, somebody like Joe Rogan gets a lot more money and watch time than, you know, a, what is the animation channel? Even though animation channels get like a lot of, a lot of views if they're actually known. But, you know, if you get 10 million views on a Joe Rogan episode that's two hours, well, that's, what is that? 20 million uh, watch hours. That's worth a lot more than 10 billion on a five second video, put it that way. I know, general, ec basic economics, very, very interesting, right? Um, so, yeah, um, so to summarize a bit, in title of this episode is going to be The End is Nigh, right? But because, you know, in the fourth turning, there's going to be a massive war and well, it's going to be the end of an era, right? There's going to be there's going to be a lot of death, a lot of mortality, a lot of starvation, etc, etc, etc. It's going to be a lot of terrible stuff. Um, but despite all that, um, I'm excited for the future. Because even though the end is nigh and all that, I still believe in the unending and unyielding power of the human spirit. Um, and it shall always triumph in the end. Uh, if not in this life cycle, then in the next. So I think if we stand firm, uh, we can all, well, all <laughs> we can make it. Let's just put it that way. As a human race, we can make it. Um, even if I perish in, in the process, I do have hope that humanity will always will continue to flourish. So, um, <laughs> on that note, I would like to end this episode with, no, not totally, but I would like to end this episode with something a little embarrassing. I mean, I call it embarrassing, other people find it endearing, um, but one must go beyond its comfort zone to learn, right? Um, I had, recently I had a bit of a, emotional private matter and 
yeah, I got a bit emotional about a private matter. And instead of my usual journal entry, I decided for the first time in my life to write some poetry. Um, <laughs> uh, I did not think about it much. And yeah, and I just let the words come out as they were. I think that's how most people make art. Uh, I mean, I have it with drawing, for example, but anyway, that's besides the point. Um, <clears throat> uh, I, yeah, I, usually, I do that with other things, with the drawing, for example, or making a video where I'm really like angry or frustrated or I'm really fascinated, I make a video about it, like now. Um, but this is the first time I've done something like this in a while where I really fully created, creatively express myself uh, to about my emotional distress, right? <clears throat> uh, as an alternative to just plain text that I'm writing. So uh, after completing my first poem, I wrote another and another, and after five poems, I was finished. And it's, um, yeah, it's, it's basically expressed how I felt pretty well. And I, I didn't feel the need to write any more. Um, <clears throat> I know, very romantic. Um, but yeah, it was, a, it was a great form of therapy, I guess. And I, I urge other people to do it as well, not just journal, but also if you have a song in your head or if you have a um, some type of abstraction because that's about what a poem really is it's saying more that you can actually say uh, it's like a story or an archetype you're describing right um and do do that it's really i i tried it for the first time i was like well i guess i'll just write more poetry if i have a lot of emotional uh baggage that i have to get rid of so uh well is crystal an infp now like no uh, but <laughs> it, it did help let's put it this way it really helped so um i wish to share the first poem I wrote that night um, now, and I do not deem myself a good writer or, po uh, or poet, yet I find these to be of the utmost sincerity and perhaps someone's, someone, 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 oh Jesus, someone besides myself will enjoy them. So uh, the first poem is called Softly, and I'll get a little closer to the mic. So here we go. <laughs> this is so embarrassing. Um, <laughs> Softly, in your arms, <clears throat> sorry, I'll repeat that, in your arms, I hold you dear, softly, I let you go, not yet, you say, a tear falls, I mean, <laughs> I hope you enjoyed that, I, um, I'll post it maybe in the description if you want to read it or copy it, I don't, I don't really care, some credit would be nice if you did, but you know, um, I hope you enjoyed that, F first poem I ever wrote in my whole life, so, um, anyway, my, I should, I should also write a book, like a fictional book, like I, uh, it's going on a lot of rant, but uh, there's so many ideas and, and fictional stories, I think the best way to describe it is just make a uh, some type of story poetry or, or actual fictional story um, so people can understand it right um, maybe that's the best way to express my ideas instead of just regurgitating or regurgitating just spewing out all this data for people to process in, in <laughs> that it takes years for them to understand just give them an archetypical archetypical representation of something and they'll understand right away um, anyway my uh, book is waiting for me. The Fountainhead is waiting for me. So I want to thank you all that are listening in the Discord, on Patreon, on um, the YouTube channel, watching the episodes, liking, sharing, all that. I really appreciate your support. Um, and I really hope you come along with this journey with me uh, where I will reach my greatness and 
I want I hope for your greatness as well. Uh, I mean that sincerely. Um, so yeah, once more, thank you to the patrons, uh, Kali and uh, Sanzu, right? I hope I said it correctly. And Rachel Kent, just for the heck of it, I'll, even though you're not <laughs> subscribed to that anymore. Um, again, you can uh, help me by subscribing or you support me by subscribing, sharing the videos, sharing the episodes. Um, or Patreon, right, where you can uh, donate me, to me monthly, you get exclusive content and all that. Or just joining the Discord, liking the video, commenting, etc. Give me your feedback, that stuff. You know, you know the gist. <laughs> so, anyway, long episode. That's all for me. Um, I want to thank everybody for tuning in, and I'll see everybody in the next one. Bye-bye. Fuck bitches, get money.